Hello, my friends. Thank you for ending your week here with the Bible Track Echoes radio broadcast. I'm your host, Evangelist Micah McCurry. We are going to continue our week of encouragement today, and I believe, if the Lord would allow, we're actually going to extend it into next week as well. Two weeks of encouragement, if the Lord would lead us and continue to lead us that way. I hope it's been in many ways, a blessing to you. I know these reminders of the greatness of God are helpful to me. And on that note, you get a little bonus today. As an illustration of the greatness of God, we're going to give you just a little bit of a science lesson today. Now, understand, as we talk about astronomy and atoms and things, there will be no quiz, but the idea and the thrust of me talking about this is because I want you to remember how great God is. And if you've never considered it for the very first time, as some of you turn your Bibles to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 34, our Bible study today, listen as I talk to you about the majesty of this creation God has given us. We can see the surpassing greatness of God's power when we turn our giant telescopes to the sky. Our sun, for instance, is rated a star of only the fifth magnitude. It shines with a mild yellow light and is, get this, 100,000 times less luminous than its brightest neighbor. Nevertheless, the sun evokes our awe. It is 864,000 miles in diameter. Consists of some 335 quadrillion cubic miles of violently hot gases and weighs more than 2 octillion tons. It orbits the center of our galaxy, the Milky Way, once every 200 million years. Now, if that's not enough, with the naked eye, we can see only about 7,000 stars. The Milky Way, however, contains about 100 billion orbiting stars and is 100,000 light years in diameter. That's an inconceivable 600 million billion miles of stars. Astronomer Edwin Hubble, for whom the Hubble telescope is named, calculated that there are as many galaxies outside the Milky Way as there are stars in it. And since the galaxies are moving further and further away from the Earth, the entire visible universe is expanding in every direction. The distance between the Milky Way and Hydra, a group of distant galaxies that are as thick as raisins, he said, and some 2.7 billion light years away, is increasing. That distance is increasing at a speed of 38,000 miles per second. The Hydra galaxies are receding, in other words, at one-fifth of the speed of light. Such is the exceeding greatness of of God's power in the macroverse. What about the micro universe? We can see something of his power there. Atoms are less than one millionth of the thickness of a human hair. In the nucleus of the atom, numerous protons and neutrons are packed together in an inconceivably small space. Each proton and neutron consists of three even smaller particles called quarks. If a hydrogen atom were four miles in diameter, the nucleus would only be the size of a tennis ball. The remainder of the atom is mostly empty space in which the electrons travel around the nucleus, making billions of trips every millionth of a second, and their incredible speed makes the atom behave as though it were solid. Facts such as these make our minds real, but such is the exceeding greatness of God's power. 
we've scratched the surface. We could talk for ages about the ageless beauty of the universe, both in the micro version and macro. So here's the thought. As we continue this week or two weeks of encouragement, I should say, why is it that the greatest being of history, past, present, and future, God Almighty, can give us a clear plan of action and lay out exactly what you and I should do and make his will readily apparent. And we're about to draw the net if you're wondering. Here's the practical application. Why is it that we still won't put God's plan into action? Why is it that we can lead a horse to water but we can't make it drink? Why is it that God can give us so many great and amazing things that we don't deserve and yet still we won't follow him? That's our discussion point for today. 1 Samuel chapter 30 and we'll begin in verse number 9 in just one moment. Before we go any further though, I'd like to encourage you. If you have not yet received one of our sample packets from Bible Tracks Incorporated, please, I'm taking just one moment here to encourage you, to implore you to use Gospel Tracks. I could share story after story of what God has done through these simple Gospel witnesses. I talked to a man recently who puts packets together, and around Veterans Day, of course we have Memorial Day coming up not too far away, but around Veterans Day, he will take these packets and give them out, out Outside of restaurants such as Applebee's or Golden Crow, some of these that do special events or special coupons or free meals for veterans. And as they exit, he doesn't bother them on their way in, but as they exit, he'll say to them, Sir, can I, or ma'am, may I give you this packet as a thank you? And inside are a few different gospel tracks, tracks that would appeal to those veterans. And it's amazing to hear what God has done, and how people have been saved. Let me encourage you to get our packet, the sample packet. It's one each of every gospel track that we currently produce here at Bible Tracks, Inc. Please, BibleTracksInc.org is our website, BibleTracksInc.org. You can order that completely for free. Now let's turn to 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse number 9. What does the Bible say here? So David went. Now this comes on the heels of David and his men. They come back to their home base of Ziklag and find that it's been burnt to the ground. Their families and friends have been taken captive by the Amalekites. David is greatly distressed, but he encourages himself in the Lord. He relies on God. He remembers past victories, and he recognized who has brought him thus far. Not only does he encourage himself in the Lord, he inquires of the Lord. He talks to God about the situation. He gets the mind of God about what he should do. And now we come to the thrust of what we need to talk about today. He puts God's plan into action. So David went. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse number 9. So David went. He and the 600 men that were with him and came to the brook Basor where those that were left behind stayed. But David pursued, he and 400 men for 200 abode behind, which were so faint that they could not go over the brook Basor. Let me make this application point. A game plan isn't that great unless there are players that are willing to implement it. 
Now, I've maybe said this before on the broadcast, but I'm kind of a big idea guy, a big vision guy. I don't say that as a pat on the back type situation. Oftentimes, I, my ideas can be so big that they're not very feasible. They're not really grounded in reality. But oftentimes, when I have an idea or what I believe truly is a leading of the Lord, and I'll talk to Austin, the operations manager here at Bible Tracks, and talk to the staff here about a direction I believe God is leading us in, to their credit, I've never once had them say, that's impossible. We can't do that. And to God be the glory, we've been able to put millions of gospel tracts in places we never thought we'd be able to. We are on the cusp of putting 10 million gospel tracts in the country of Pakistan. Because why? Not because I had some idea. Yes, because God led me that way, but really because we have a team here of people that are willing to implement the game plan. You see, David got a word from the Lord. He inquired of God, what would you have me to do? In verses 7 and 8, do you want me to pursue after this host of people, the Amalekites, who've taken our families captive? Should we pursue? And God gives him permission, pursue. But that would not have been anything special. The battle plan had been given, but what would happen if David got lazy all of a sudden and decided, that seems like a lot of work. I'm going to sit down and take a rest. No, he took his men and they implemented the plan. They put God's plan into action. Here's the thrust of where I'm going. We have a great God who's given us great commands, but we don't follow them. The children of Israel did that so many times. Numbers 14, 20. Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times, and have not hearkened to my voice, surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. What happens? Well, God had led the children of Israel by his man Moses right to the brink of the promised land, but they sent twelve spies in to seek out the land and see what's going on. And you know the old story. Ten were bad and two were good. Ten, twelve men went to spy in Canaan. Ten were bad and two were good. What do you think they saw in Canaan? Ten were bad and two were good. Some saw giants big and strong. Some saw grapes with clusters long. Here's what happened. Those ten spies came back, the, the negative Nancys, if you will, the sad Sallies, they came back, and they wanted nothing to do with the all the negative and all the bad they saw about the land. They had been led right to the brink of the promised land, and their negative and bad report caused the children of Israel, even though Caleb and Joshua, the two good spies, they saw everything that was great about the land, the children of Israel wouldn't put God's plan into action. They had their command, but chose to ignore it. Even when it's hard, we need to do what's right. We need to know what God wants us to do, and then we need to do it. Let's get practical for just a second. What is God leading you to do? Where and how has God commanded you? I'm not saying in uncertain terms. What commands from the Bible do you know that you should be partaking in and observing? And what plan of God, what battle plan do you know you should have put into action already? But maybe it's hard. Maybe it'll cause you to get out of your comfort zone. Maybe it would be a little difficult for you. And you have not yet followed God's plan. Going up against the Amalekites, 
a huge host of unrighteous heathens with his 600 men. That's what David had on the docket. And he said, you know what? We're going to do this thing. We're going to get our women and our children back for the glory of God. We have a job to do. Can I tell you, friend, that the Great Commission in Mark 16, 15, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel, that is a command of God. And one of the reasons that every broadcast we have here is spent talking about gospel tracts is because we want to be a help and an encouragement to you as you try to put God's plan into action. As we close out this week of encouragement and we pick it up again next week, let me encourage you, put God's plan into action. Next week, we're going to begin with this thought, how to take care of others in distress along the way. Maybe you've been encouraged this week. Well, if that's the case, let's encourage others. Thanks for listening. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.